The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso with Freedom Fellowship Church and Sons of God Ministries International filling in for Pastor Christina Sasso this week. And I just want to tell you, man, God is always in control. He always knows exactly what needs to be done, and he's always got a plan in motion. And I just want to tell you, despite the current circumstances that are going on around you, God always has a plan in place. And we've got an exciting word for you this week. Uh, before we begin, I want to start off with a quote from a man by the name of Thomas Pratt. And Thomas Pratt, he is a commentator in the entertainment industry. He's got a lot of inside knowledge in the Hollywood space and the comic book industry, especially, and also the video game industry just a commentator who's really been following along with a lot of the things that have been going on in the entertainment industry. And he had this to say a couple weeks ago, and I want you to hear it now. He said, I'm going to talk about Hollywood and the Hollywood collapse brought in part by the shutdowns and the coronavirus and how things are going to change forever. I think Hollywood, as we knew it prior to March 2020, is gone. The glitz and the glamour are gone, and what we're going to see in the next year or so is Hollywood trying to stay relevant. And we're going to see a lot of entertainment content pop up in other parts of the country. They're going to get produced in other parts of the country. I don't think everything is going to be centralized in Hollywood or Los Angeles forever. I think we're still going to have a lot of legacy studios, but I think there are going to be a lot of satellite entertainment industries that are going to pop up out of necessity. Because look at what happened with the shutdown. They basically shut down California, and because of that, they turned off the spigot. They turned off the money to Hollywood. They shut down the movie theaters. They shut off the money. And this is pretty funny. Bleeding Fool put this out there, and for those of you that don't know, Bleeding Fool is one of those entertainment magazines that's always putting out these big headlines. But it says, Bleeding Pool, put this out there. Hollywood collapses right there on the cover of the National Enquirer. But there's a kernel of truth to this, talking about how Scarlett Johansson has had projects snapped and George Clooney, all these poor celebrities without their money. Now, this man is not a Christian, or he could be. I don't know the details of his personal life. But the reason why I read this quote to you is to show you that we've been talking a long time here at the Prophetic Voice of Our Time about how God wants to bring a transfer of influence and affluence away from the world system into the kingdom of God. Here we see God has been able to take a situation like the coronavirus. God did not plan the coronavirus God did not want the coronavirus to come in, shut down the country, create all these economic turmoils. That was not his perfect plan. But he was able to turn around this situation and set the stage to where a transfer of influence can now happen from Hollywood to the body of Christ. 
But this is why it's so important that we, the body of Christ, are in our perfect positions. God has been calling us to prepare our hearts. He's been calling us to obey and follow him so that we will be perfectly positioned to step into that place that he has for us. So you can see right here the potential where Hollywood is already beginning to lose its influence. That transfer is already happening. And something that the Lord said, he said that Texas is going to lead in righteous governance and it's going to lead in many, many industries. I believe we're going to see an entertainment industry grow out of Texas that will even replace Hollywood, that will even be greater than Hollywood. But it's important for the body of Christ. We have to step into our calling. And the important thing to understand is that we are not supposed to emulate what is happening in the world. We're not supposed to copy their system. We're supposed to be a complete replacement because God has called each of us to an arena, right? He's called us into an arena where we are going to establish the kingdom of God. That's what the Israelites did when they went into the promised land. That was a land where they were going to establish their kingdom. But they had to drive out the Jerichos. They had to drive out the giants before them. See, Hollywood, Disney, Netflix, Universal Studios, those are like the Jerichos and the giants that we have to replace. We are the replacement. We are not emulating them. We are replacing them. But you see, this is an illustration of how God, he's able to take a situation that was meant for evil, a situation that was meant to do harm, and he's able to turn it around. And he's even able to do that when we have no idea that it's happening. That's something that's so amazing. In the book of Esther, we know the story of how Esther was just a, a young girl who just by some circumstance happened to wind up in the palace. The situation that led to it was that the king Xerxes, he got frustrated with his wife because Xerxes, he was drunk and he wanted to show his wife off. So he told her to come down before all the company naked and show herself off to them. And so Queen Vashti, very understandably, said, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. And so because of this, the king was very angry and he banished her. So this was not a good thing that happened. But God was able to turn this around into a situation where the body of Christ was going to come out on top. Even the own king's wicked heart, God was able to use it to position Esther. And the reason why Esther needed to be positioned was because there was something brewing in the heart of Haman. Haman had a plot to destroy all of the Israelites and wipe them out. But because God was able to set a plan in motion, he was able to turn around a situation that had meant to wipe out the people of God and make it to where they would come out on top. In Esther chapter 2, starting with verse 21, now Esther had a family relative by the name of Mordecai, and Mordecai served at the king's gate. So, in Esther chapter 2, verse 21, it says, During the time Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bingthana 
and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, became angry and conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. But Mordecai found out the plot and told Queen Esther, who in turn reported it to the king, giving credit to Mordecai. And when the report was investigated and found to be true, the two officials were impaled on poles. And all this was recorded in the book of Annals in the presence of the king. So Mordecai just happened to be at the right place at the right time to hear this plot. And this becomes significant later on. Now, what happens is that Haman, he had a very wicked thing in mind. He wanted to make it to where all of the Jewish people in the land would be killed, would be completely driven out. So he convinces the king. He goes up to the king and he says, there's a people that they don't serve you. They serve God and they're not going to serve your best interests. And so he convinces the king to sign a royal decree that on a specific date, people can have free reign on all the Jewish people, that they'd be able to kill them all. They'd be able to take the plunder, do whatever they want. And the thing is, is that in this land, as soon as... A decree has the signet of a king. It cannot be undone. So the king signed away. He put his seal on it. This was a decree that was completely set in stone. It was a decree that was meant for evil. It was meant to bring harm to the people of God. And it was completely irreversible. Now, Mordecai heard about what had happened. And obviously he was grieved. So he came to Esther. And he told Esther that she has to go before the king and get him to change his mind, get him to somehow reverse it, even though it was impossible. So in Esther chapter 4, starting with verse 10, Esther is kind of afraid to do this, and this is why. She sent a message to Mordecai saying, All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned by the king has but one law. They can be put to death unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance to the Jews will arise from another place, but you and your father's family will perish, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And this is what we have to understand, right? God positions people in places so that they can fulfill his will, and we have to be very conscious where has God placed you? Why are you there? You have to ask yourself this, and you have to be prayerful throughout the day and ask God, why am I here now? What can I do to fulfill your will in this situation? We have to ask God continually. And the thing is, we can't be complacent either, because if we don't obey God, we don't step out of faith, this scripture clearly shows us somebody else will step in to fulfill his will. And for those of you that are called to the arts and the entertainment industry, those of you that are called to be part of this transfer of influence and affluence, if we don't obey God now, 
you're going to see somebody else step into those manifestations. You're going to see somebody else step into the position that God had planned for you to be in. And then that is why the scripture tells us in the last days there is weeping and gnashing of teeth because it's that day where they see all the missed opportunities. You see all the times you could have obeyed God, but you didn't. So let us not be like those people. So, as we continue on, Haman, he was very happy with his plan. And so what Esther does is that she goes before the king, and this king spares her life, and she invites the king and Haman to a special dinner. Now, Haman was very happy about this, right, because he was a very proud man. He was thinking to himself, oh, yes, I got to be invited to a special dinner with the king and the queen. There is none greater than me. That's what he was thinking to himself. So in Esther chapter 5, verse 9, it says, Haman went out that day and in high spirits. But when he saw Mordecai at the king's gate and observed that he neither rose nor showed fear in his presence, he was filled with rage against Mordecai. How dare he, right? Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home. Calling together his friends and Zeresh, his wife, Haman boasted to them about his vast wealth, his many sons, and all the ways the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And it's interesting, right? He's boasting about this to his friends and his wife, and I guarantee you his wife has probably heard it plenty of times before. But he boasted about the way the king had honored him and how he had elevated him above the other nobles and officials. And that's not all, Haman added. I'm the only person Queen Esther invited to accompany the king to the banquet she gave. She has invited me along with the king tomorrow. But this still gives me no satisfaction as long as I see that Jew Mordecai sitting at the king's gate. Can you imagine how petty this man must be? It won't satisfy me until I see that Mordecai taken care of. So in verse 14, his wife Zeresh and all of his friends said to him, Have a pole set up reaching to the height of 50 cubics and ask the king in the morning to have Mordecai impaled on it. Then go with the king to the banquet and enjoy yourself. This suggestion delighted Haman, and he had the pole set up. However, and it says in the next chapter, Esther chapter 6, verse 6, That night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who had guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. It's interesting that the king was made restless right as Haman was planning to have Mordecai killed. Verse 3, What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him, sir, his attendants answered. The king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about impaling Mordecai on the pole he had set up for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. And you know why Haman is there, right? He's thinking, oh, I'm going to ask the king to impale Mordecai. This perfect timing of God. 
even when we don't know what's going on, he's already got the gears turning and the plan in motion. So the king ordered them to bring him in. When Haman entered, the king asked him, What should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, Well, who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king, For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman. Get the robe and the horse and do just as you have suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city streets, proclaiming before him, This is what is done for the man the king delights to honor. And you know the whole time that Haman was gritting his teeth. He was just steaming in his anger at the fact that he has to do this for Mordecai, who he hates. And there is something to this. In the Psalms, David has a psalm where he says, You create a banquet in the presence of my enemies. So in verse 12, it says, Afterwards, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief. He told Zeresh, his wife, and all of his friends everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife Zeresh said to him, Since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him, or you will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. And as the story goes on, Esther basically tells the king of the plot that Haman had enacted, and that his plot would lead to her death, Mordecai's death and all of their people's death. And so, the king hears of this and he becomes exceedingly angry. So, the king became so angry at Haman. And he asks, he says, okay, well, what am I going to do to this man? What am I going to do to this man, Haman? And it says in Esther chapter 7, verse 9, it says, Then Harbona, one of the eunuchs attending the king, said, You know, there's a pole reaching the height of 50 cubits that stands by Haman's house. He had it set up for Mordecai, who spoke up to help the king. The king said, Impale him on it. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai, and then the king's fury subsided. And this is something that's very notable, because the very plan, the very trap and mechanisms that Haman had plotted to kill Mordecai were used against him. And this is something that we here at Freedom Fellowship Church have been praying, that any wicked plots against this nation, against the people of God, that any wicked plots that they would turn on the heads of those who conspired them. But the story doesn't end there, because once one of these decrees has the signet of the king, it can't be undone. So, how do the Jewish people come out on top, right? It's an impossible situation. It's in a situation that was intended for evil, 
that cannot be undone. How does God turn this situation around? Well, the king gave an additional decree. And it was a very simple decree. It was a very simple addition to the original rule. He issued another decree where he couldn't undo the original thing. And if you remember, the original decree was that the people can rise up against the Israelites and they can kill them and they can plunder them. What the king added as an additional decree was that the Jewish people, they can organize and defend themselves. That's it. It was a very simple addition to the original decree that didn't reverse the original decree. And what happened was that in Esther chapter 9, the tables got flipped. It says, On the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, on the month of Adar, the edict commanded by the king was to be carried out. On this day, the enemies of the Jews had hoped to overpower them, but now the tables were turned and the Jews got the upper hand over those who hated them. The Jews assembled in their cities in all the provinces of King Xerxes to attack those who determined to destroy them. No one could stand against them because the people of all the other nationalities were afraid of them. And all the nobles of the provinces, satraps and governors, and the king's administrators helped the Jews because fear of Mordecai had seized them. Mordecai was prominent in the palace, his reputation spread throughout the provinces, and he became more and more powerful. The Jews struck down all their enemies with the sword, killing and destroying them, and they did what they pleased to those who hated them. So here we see in the situation, it was a situation. It was impossible. There was a wicked plot that was sent to destroy all of them, but God was able to turn it around for good. The same applies to us now in the body of Christ. We are people of God. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. Any wicked plot, God is able to turn it around, even those things that are in the dark places that we are not aware of. Because you see, the average person was not aware of what was going on behind the scenes in this story of Esther. The same applies to today. We don't know what's going on. The media, the news, they got all of their agendas. There's groups of people that want to control the flow of information. We already know that what we see on the TV or what we read in the news is not the full story. We don't know what's going on in the background. But if we cover this nation in prayer, we continue to cover it with prayer, you know that God can turn any situation around for good. Even this coronavirus situation, even this upcoming election, any situation can be turned around for the good of the body of Christ. I've already illustrated for you at the beginning how Hollywood is in turmoil. And they're the very ones that have been advocating for this lockdown They're the very people that were the most adamant that everything needs to lock down, everything needs to shut down, and now they're being affected by the very thing that they have pushed on everybody. They're being affected by it. This is an opportunity for the body of Christ, for God to bring about this transfer of wealth, influence, and affluence. But we need to be obedient We have to step up to the occasion. We have to position ourselves 
where God needs us to be. And this is what you have to understand in this story. Mordecai was in the perfect position when he needed to be there. Esther was in the perfect position when she needed to be there. If you listen to the voice of God, if you obey God, you're going to find yourself in the right place at the right time through no making of your own. It's only because you obeyed and listened to the voice of God. And then you're going to really see the plan of God in motion, and that is going to be an amazing thing. So I hope you all were blessed by this word today, and I hope you really put it into action Even this week, God wants to manifest so many miraculous things this week and this month in your life. And as always, if you enjoy listening to the prophetic voice of our time, you can support us by going to SOGMI.org slash donate. Again, that is SOGMI.org slash donate. We are supported by listeners just like you. And we are going to continue to preach the gospel. We are going to continue to disciple the body of Christ until his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven, and we really manifest his glory all over the world. So thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you for listening. We all hope you were blessed by this message today. If you were, let us hear from you. If you wish to contact us or sow a seed, our phone number is 210-396-7891. And for Saturday's program, call us at 210-695-1630. Send all emails to sonsofgod at satx.rr.com and all letters to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. For more info, including service times and upcoming events, find us at www.sogmi.org. That's www dot s-o-g-m-i dot org